Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Global Intelligence Update. Wherever you're joining in from other podcasts or watching the video live, it's going to be a great week as we have a great uh, guest with us uh, today or this week, Cherie Hanna. And uh, just to give you guys some, some um, background on Cherie, she is a, a certified holistic nutritionist, wellness expert, and life coach who works with clients all around the globe, battling, battling her own autoimmune condition, eating disorder, and years of being a personal trainer, brought her into the space of health and wellness from a young age. She now empowers soul-led entrepreneurs to reclaim their radiance, balance their hormones, and heal their gut so that they can optimize, so they can have an optimized metabolism and energy, as well as freedom with food in their business and their lives. She believes that your body is your superpower. And when it comes to health, we need to not only treat the root of the cause, but the issue. Look, but looking at the individual as a whole or holistically, there is one size fits all approach with wellness. And I like to to ensure you are nourished, healthy, and happy in our aspects of your life. That's a quote from, uh, from Sheree. <laughs> this creates true harmony on, a mind, on mind, body, and soul level. Welcome, Sheree, to, oh, to being a guest on this week's Global Intelligence Update. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Chris. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, quite an interesting topic that we're going to talk about today, health and wellness and how that interacts with your business. So very mm -hmm. exciting. Yeah. Um, let me just hit you off with a, a question straight off. Um, how does optimizing energy levels contribute to the success and growth of a thriving business? So when it comes to our businesses, I think a lot of the time we can look at the currency that it's bringing in and how much money we're making, how much revenue we're generating, how much profit. We spend a lot of time focusing on the currency and the state of is our business optimal. But I think a lot of the time what we don't realize and what I've seen with numerous business owners that I've worked with is that when their health deteriorates, when their energy deteriorates, that's the currency that truly matters. Because if you don't have your energy optimized, if you don't have your health optimized, ultimately you have nothing to give to your business you can't be there to support your team you can't be there to show up in your day-to-day -day. you can't bring new ideas in you can't really execute effectively and so to answer your question in a really simple form I think without the true currency of energy and health you really can't have a thriving business oh wow yeah so that's where the concept um body mind and soul would you say oh, I guess cool. so yeah working on all the different levels Oh, awesome. And um, what are the key factors that led to, to burnout in business context and how can they be prevented or managed? I think a lot of the time when we're looking, you know, as business owners at our health and our well-being, it's, it's quite often a secondary concern for a lot of people. And when it comes to burnout, a lot of people don't even realize they're in a state of burnout before it really hits them or overwhelms them. And so we're running around on adrenaline all day. We have to-do lists that are a mile long with constant things that need to be attended to. We're quite often in a very reactive state. And so when we're running on that all day long, we're actually pumping through a lot of not only adrenaline, but stress hormones through our body. And that can lead to a state of burnout or something that we call in the industry HPA dysregulation. So it means that your hypothalamus, your pituitary glands and your brain and your adrenals aren't talking to each other 
effectively. And as a result, we can end up burnt out. And so when you're in your business, it can mean that you're showing up again, not with full energy. It can look like really experiencing that brain fog or a lack of focus or even productivity to be able to ensure your business is thriving. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, no, that's quite interesting to talk about that because I think a lot of us don't, don't really realize when we're burning out. And um, no, I think some of us that are listening are hearing all these big words and they don't really know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> but um, you guys are more than welcome to write it down and Google it. Um, I think we're going to share quite quite a lot of interesting knowledge and um, uh, biology. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of the science behind it all, but I will break it down as simple as I can because I think it's important to, to really understand your body, um, but also know the proper terms for it. Yeah. No, the body really is amazing. Um, then how does the gut health impact overall energy overall energy levels and well-being and what steps can entrepreneurs take to support a healthy gut? So if we tie everything together, and as you mentioned at the beginning, like something that I really look at when I'm working with someone or as looking at any individual in front of me is we're a holistic being, right? We're not just our gut health. We're not just our hormones. We're not just our business. We're not just our relationships. We need to look at the person as a whole. And so a lot of the times we're not addressing things at the root and we're not getting to what's really going on in the body to get that whole picture thriving. And so one of my favorite quotes is by Hippocrates, which was said about 2,500 years ago, but all disease begins in the gut. And so when we're looking at things like creating beautiful energy levels so that you're staying balanced, you're staying focused, you're staying productive throughout your entire day, week, month, year, so on and so forth, as you continue to thrive, we actually need to start with our gut health. And one of the most prevalent conditions in the Western world, um, in fact, across most of the world at the moment, is something called leaky gut. So for those of you who haven't heard of what leaky gut is, essentially we have um, our gut wall or our intestinal lining. And that has, for those of you on video, you better see what I'm doing with my hands, that has really tight junctions. So if you imagine your gut walls held together nice and tightly, and the only thing that can pass through from your intestinal lining into your bloodstream other things that are supposed to like your nutrients from your food. When we are stressed, when we're eating food that causes inflammation, when we are going through emotional turmoil, there's a number of things that can drive this leaky gut, drinking alcohol, for example, that starts to widen those junctions. And when those junctions are widened, that then allows for things that aren't supposed to be getting through into the bloodstream into the bloodstream. So for example, actual pieces of food rather than just the nutrients or nutritional breakdown that we're supposed to be absorbing, parasites, um, overgrowths of bacteria, all sorts of things that don't really belong floating around in our blood. And that's when we start to see things like our energy impacted. That's when we see a lot of people with that brain fog that comes through. And you know, a lot of people just think, oh, I don't have gut issues because I don't have digestive issues. You know, my tummy's not bloated. I don't experience gas or reflux. So I'm, my gut's fine. But when we start to look at the fact that the gut and the brain are so deeply connected through something called your gut-brain axis, that's when we see that the whole body is going to be affected and as a byproduct, your energy in a massive way. Wow. You know, as, as I was growing up, my mother always used to tell me a healthy gut, healthy mind. And yes. it really is. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, so on that, what roles do stress hormones play in energy regulation and how can business owners effectively manage stress to maintain optimal energy levels? So to tie back to what I mentioned a couple of questions ago, when it comes to your stress and your cortisol and that HPA dysregulation that I was talking about, ultimately, when we're in this state of burnout, um, which is not its official medical term, but we'll use that for the sake of today. Um, your body goes into a state of what we call survival mode. And so when you're running around, like I mentioned before, on the adrenaline, you're pumping that cortisol through your blood, you start to, it starts to have a negative effect on your other hormones. So your sex hormones can start to go out of whack for women that can look like period health looking a bit strange menopause being a horrific event for men it can look like their testosterone levels dropping down libido disappearing hair loss all of that sort of thing and so when it comes to the impact of stress whether that's mental emotional physical spiritual stress whatever it is that's actually going on in the body that's going to start to dysregulate your energy levels because your body again works as that beautiful picture and so when we're looking at how we can nourish and support those energy levels and bring that stress hormone down, what we need to do is be shifting out of what's called our sympathetic nervous system and a dominant state of that, which is when we're living in that fight, flight, survival mode, running on adrenaline versus stepping into more of our parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for your rest and digest. I also like to say it's responsible for your reproduction and your repair. So. If you're constantly living in the survival state and you're running on adrenaline as your energy source or surviving on caffeine and coffee to get you through the day, your body's not going to be able to be in a position where it thrives because over time it's going to be become depleted and exhausted and wind up using all of your normal or natural resources and your body pretty much comes to a flat line. And so when, when we want to step into this parasympathetic state, it's looking at things like how can we come back to our breath? How can we come back to that calm state? Now, ultimately, we should be living in our parasympathetic for around 23 hours a day. And that one other hour might be when you're exercising because that's a stress on the body. So you might be doing some diaphragmatic breathing on a regular basis. I quite often suggest to my clients, mate, how can you come back to a state of play and joy and being present? Because when you're doing things that light you up from the inside that aren't feeling overwhelming or stressful, then you're going to actually be able to live in that parasympathetic state, which will in turn support your energy and downregulate that cortisol production. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, Shuri, you mentioned coffee. What would be an, <laughs> <laughs> be an alternative to someone that doesn't drink coffee, for example? Yeah, so I personally don't drink, um, don't drink coffee. I have a number of battles with my clients on this one. I normally suggest that people just, if you if you are someone that's struggling with your energy levels and you're struggling to fall asleep, you're wired and tired in the evening, all that sort of thing, then it may be a caffeine issue for you. And so giving yourself a break for about four weeks and just seeing how your body responds, I'm not going to lie, the first two weeks will probably feel like crap because your body's going to be detoxing. You'll be going through withdrawals. Remember, caffeine is a drug. Um, and so your body will go through drug withdrawals. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it can be very hard to avoid perfect, uh, coffee when you, it's amazing or you have access to really good places. So 
with that being said, I'll give you an alternative in a second. If you are someone that knows they're not going to be able to give caffeine up even for that four-week period, making sure you have your cup of coffee at least 90 minutes after you get up because that stops that overall stress spike because coffee, I like to call a cup of cortisol, and we talked about that <laughs> being our stress hormone. And so if you're having that first thing upon waking, when your cortisol levels are naturally gently supposed to rise, you're actually building up more and more stress in the body. But if we give it to our body after an hour and a half of waking, and we have had a solid breakfast that's full of protein and some good fats in the morning, you're actually going to find that your body accepts that caffeine a lot better and it doesn't cause that same stress or cortisol spike. So that's one thing if you don't want to give it up. <laughs> the other thing you can do, I know people really struggle to direct the switch to something like a herbal tea. So obviously that's an option, but when it comes to um, an alternative that I personally love is I love something called cacao. So it's quite um, a beautiful, like hot chocolatey tasting um, drink. And I mix that with some maca and then whatever choice of milk that you would normally be having. Cause a lot of the time it's nice just to have that warm mug. Um, but I, I also get curious and ask yourself, what is that coffee giving to you aside from that energy or that wake up? And how can you give that to yourself um, outside of the coffee or the caffeine? Also, yeah, no. That's, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's a that's a great question to ask yourself if you if you don't know why you're drinking it. Um, and I, I want to ask another question on that. You yeah. mentioned the pH balance um, on one of the earlier questions, and I can't imagine waking up with with and drinking caffeine. I think um, the pH balance is quite low, is it not on on caffeine? The pH balance, caffeine. Yeah, it can be quite acidic in the body, um, but a lot of people especially if you're someone that is running on adrenaline or living out of that survival mode space, like you wake up and because you're so tired upon waking, the only way you feel like you can get through is to reach for that cup of coffee. And so, yeah, if you haven't lined your tummy, if you haven't given your body that time to really wake up and tap into its natural circadian rhythm, you are going to be disrupting the acidity levels in your stomach. Cool. Yeah, guys. So 90 minutes after you wake, yeah. <laughs> you can have your first coffee. <laughs> Um, then on, on the next question, um, how can mindfulness, you, you, you spoke about being at peace, how can mindfulness practices and relaxation techniques help prevent burnout and improve overall well-being in the business setting? So it comes back to what I was talking about just before with that parasympathetic state, so your rest, digest, repair and reproduction. And so the the number one way we know through science to help you get into that parasympathetic state is through breathing. So whether you're watching or listening, just pop your hand, one hand on your chest and one hand on your belly and just notice as you take your next breath where you're breathing into. And there's no judgment, there's no stress here. You're just noticing where you breathe into. And if it's your chest that rises first, or if you notice you breathe all the way into your belly, just becoming aware of your breath as you take a breath in and out. And then next time you breathe in, take a conscious effort to breathe and expand the belly so that the hand on the belly rises. And then see if as you exhale, breathing in and out through your nose, you can exhale, bringing the belly back towards the spine. And just take the next few breaths, counting in for four, three, two, one, expanding your belly. And then exhaling for four, three, two, 
one. And just keep breathing to that rhythm. And just noticing if your heart rate starts to slow down a little bit, if you feel a little bit calmer, that's the number one way that we can get into parasympathetic state. It's free, it's easy, you can do it anytime you want. And it is a sense of mindfulness um, and that can really support us in preventing burnout because we're dropping into that parasympathetic. So breath work is a huge one. There's a lot of hype around the different types of breath work you can do, but belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing is my favorite go-to because it doesn't take much thinking, <laughs> much think work. Um, other practices include things like meditation or gratitude because, again, we're bringing you back into the present. We're tapping back into... Um, that beautiful parasympathetic state so they're real again easy techniques things you can incorporate doing things like meditation first thing in the morning or before you go to bed is also a great way to make sure that nervous system is really not wired um, at either end of the day which will set you up for success too awesome that was that was pretty cool and i can testify to that i've also done quite a lot of breathe work in my time and it really does. It really does help with stress and um, anxiety, especially. So, um, yeah, no, that's pretty awesome. Um, Cherie, sorry, I missed a question here from Philippe. He's asking about the coffee. Is yes. decaf okay? <laughs> Love that question. Yeah, so when it comes to decaf, it, decaf still typically contains a little bit of caffeine. Um but it's much better alternative if you are going to try out that four-week break. It's always just important to remember that decaf coffee um, often contains molds and other toxins. So some, it's like, what are you going to trade off? Um, just making sure when you do source decaf, I imagine being in Melbourne, um, you're going to have amazing coffee places that you can go and um, source it from a really good spot. So if you go, yeah, just, just get, do a little bit of research and make sure that you're going to have a really high-quality decaf if you go, to go down that path. Awesome. I see uh, Sean just shared a, a link here. I know Sean is not a rep for this company. So um, <laughs> he's sharing a, a breathing link of an app that someone or that anyone can download on their phones. So you're more than welcome to check that out. Um, then, then jumping back on, on burnout and mm. identifying burnout. And Cherie, what would you say are some signs of or, or symptoms of burnout and how can entrepreneurs recognize and address them before they negatively impact their business and health. So I thought it'd be fun for this question to take note, again, whether you're listening or watching, I want you to give yourself a point for one of each of the symptoms I read out, and then I'm going to give you a live little assessment <laughs> on where you are and where you are at with your burnout. So these are all the signs and symptoms that are most typical that you'll find, but if you want to play along, then give yourself a score for each one of these. So first one is that you're wired and tired in the evening, meaning like you really struggle to fall asleep. You might be exhausted physically, but your brain's super active. You might have poor sleep in general. So you wake up feeling exhausted. That's the second one. You don't find yourself hungry or with an appetite till 10 o'clock in the morning. You need caffeine to start your day. You're craving salty foods. You have trouble falling asleep. You're sensitive to weather changes. You get dizzy or lightheaded during the day. Your body feels tender to touch. You feel puffy, inflamed or swollen. You need sunglasses on a cloudy day. You notice that you've got some sort of hormonal issues. 
You get dark circles under your eyes. There's a lingering fatigue that goes on once you've had a bout of stress. You get sick easily and often. And your wounds heal slowly. Okay, wow. Thank you, Shereen. So, <laughs> I invite you to just have a look at what your tally was because there are different ranges. So if you're in the green, not overly concerned, not overly concerned about your um your adrenals or your burnout and that sort of thing like these are, if you're between a one to four you're pretty much in the clear like you might just have some some symptoms that come and go if you're between that four and ten i classify as you as that orange light like there's some symptoms that need to be addressed there and you're probably teetering on the edge of being burnt out or that hpa dysregulation that i was talking about if you have 10 or more Again, this isn't a diagnostic tool, but um, those signs and symptoms would point towards your body being in a state of burnout. And I'd really suggest that you do start to apply a lot more um, time and attention to living out of that parasympathetic state and doing some of the other things that I'll be sharing with you soon. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it is quite an interest, uh, not a, a, a serious thing um, that you do need to realize what is happening. You know? um, so you don't miss out on. Um, picking up or being negative affected by your health. Um, yeah, so um, on, on that, um, what role does nutrition then play in optimizing energy levels? And what are some of the dietary recommendations for business professionals seeking to enhance their vitality? So it's such an age-old saying, but you literally are what you eat. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in the sense that whatever you eat is what your cells become. And so all of the nutrients that you're consuming not only makes up our cells, but affects how well our bodies communicate. It affects how well um, nutrients are absorbed. It affects how well the enzymes function in the body. So they are the things that can tell different parts what to do. The nutrients provide different um, biochemical pathways to occur. And so that all affects how well we produce energy. And so nutrition plays a significant role. If we aren't eating whole real foods to help us thrive in our bodies, our energy is going to be feeling low and flat. If you're having a lot of processed foods, you're going to be feeling more and more sluggish because it takes a long time for the body to actually get any nutrients if they do manage to out of them. And so to keep it simple, um, what I often suggest when it comes to nutrition is to shop around your supermarket or grocery store, whatever you call it. Um, but Because when you walk in, Nine times out of 10, you're going to find the whole, like a whole section of fresh fruit and vegetables. Then you'll go around the back and you'll find the meat, the poultry, the fish, all the fresh meat. And then you go up the side and down the final aisle and you're probably more likely to find things like your eggs and maybe your dairy or dairy alternatives. And then you leave the supermarket. <laughs> it's super, super easy to shop, way to shop if you shop around the perimeter. Um, the stuff in the aisles often doesn't provide us much nutritional value. It isn't going to give us much bang for our buck in terms of energy. The other key thing you want to be doing is making sure you're balancing your blood sugar levels because when our blood sugars are like a roller coaster ride, your energy is going to be like a roller coaster ride. And so starting our day with a whole food nourishing breakfast, again, focusing on protein. So it might be something as simple as some eggs and um, 
eggs and bacon, if you eat meat or some eggs with a little bit of avocado um, or some greens that you can chuck together, that can be a really simple start to your morning. And then having lunch again with some protein, some carbs, um, a little bit of fat, and again, your greens. Same thing can be applied for dinner. And if you are someone that needs that afternoon snack, there are a few different things you can pop in there. But again, focusing on protein as the main source. I always say to my clients, ask yourself at every meal, where are the proteins? Where are the greens? The other stuff tends to naturally fall in. Like fats can be as simple as the oil that you cook the food in, the carbohydrates most people don't have a problem adding in to their meals on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, then, Sharia, I've got one more question before we go over to um, the questions from the listeners. Yeah. Uh, what are some, some practical self-care strategies and rituals that entrepreneurs can incorporate into their daily routine to promote optimal health and sustained energy levels? So some of my favorite self-care practices really include spending that time in solitude and finding that time. I think a lot of the time as entrepreneurs, we are constantly giving, we're constantly providing, we're constantly being in service. And so having some non-negotiable me time is absolutely paramount to your health where you can act when you can give back to yourself where you can fill up your own cups you're constantly only giving from the overflow rather than from that state of burnout and so things like we've talked about already that will help you tap into that parasympathetic state so that might be meditation it might be breath work you might do journaling some of my favorite self-care practices that also support your health um, in a physical well-being way is things like saunas so a regular sauna practice or ice baths, they can be amazing at reducing inflammation, stress hormones, anxiety. Um, take a nap. I know it sounds really strange, but that to me is a form of self-care because you're listening to your body and you're honoring the rest that it needs. And it'll help, again, support um, your adrenal glands and support you getting out of that burnout. The other thing is play and I'll come back. I, I mentioned this before, but I'm coming back to it because it's something that we often disconnect from when we get so caught up in the weeds of our business we forget the joy and so if you can find a way to connect to you know your inner child like that younger version of Chris like what would have what would have lit him up and you know for me it might be something as simple as coloring in and getting an adult coloring in book it might be dancing for a little while because that's something that I did when I was younger it doesn't have to be for a long period of time but self-care really does come back to what fills up your cup and a lot of people naturally gravitate to what more can I do and so they'll go to the gym or they'll go and work out and that's still another form of stress it's still taking away from your human battery and so that's that's something that I always suggest people focus on another one of my favorites is grounding so we have um, negative ions in the body and when you walk along um and bare feet whether it's on the beach whether it's in the grass concrete actually does this as well but whether it's an earth what um or sand like whatever it is um that actually helps recharge the negative ions in your body and will actually help recharge the beautiful human battery that you do have inside as well so those are some of my favorite self-care practices well, thank you for sharing Jerry. i really appreciate that and um with, let's, let's head over to the question from the listeners the live listeners so we've, we've got a one here from Sean um, asking, uh, what are your thoughts on building testosterone levels and HRT in general? So this one is for the, for the gents. 
well, women produce testosterone as well. So, <laughs> but yes, I'll answer it from that perspective. Um, hormone replacement therapy is is always an option. I am very holistic and um, in, I, and integrative in terms of medicine and my approach. So, if someone really needs to go down the path of synthetic hormones, you can do that. Um, but primarily, if you can get it naturally and um, that's always my go-to so something like testosterone um, I would normally recommend you go down the herbal route there is hilariously enough something called horny goat weed which is great um, uh, Tomka Ali I always struggle to say that one um, there are a few other different herbs that you can look at that can really naturally boost your testosterone levels as well as strength training. Um, strength training is the number one way you can lift up your testosterone. However, often when you're depleted with testosterone uh, and your testosterone levels, you don't really feel like going and training. So it's a bit of a catch-22. So sometimes adding in some of those beautiful herbs can really help lift your testosterone levels up. Awesome. Um, then before we jump to Stephanie, I see Caroline also asked a question about yeah. reishi. Mm -hmm. I have a question about how reishi affects your, your stomach internal. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll mix uh, with reishi and have a cacao in the morning. And I'll, I've been thinking of this. Just some, some yeah, so insight do you, on do that. Do you mean your internal? Um, what do you mean by internal? I'd love to, I'd love to clarify. I can talk a little bit on the reishi though. Reishi huge fan of reishi i'm a huge fan of mushrooms in general they are so so incredible you can add them to your coffee if you are having them you can add them to the cacao um reishi and lime's mane in particular are great in enhancing your memory enhancing your focus enhancing your productivity so if they are someone um if they are something that you do want to add into your morning drink um or throughout the day i definitely would recommend them um, in, terms of, in terms of your intestinal organs and that sort of thing, there's some mushrooms, um, not those two in particular, that can actually reduce things like inflammation. Turkey tail has even been shown in some studies to reduce incidences of cancer and, tra uh, and tumors and that sort of thing as well. So it really, the different types of mushrooms can bring different benefits. So it's just important to do the research on what, what benefits in particular you're looking for. Okay. Then I've, I've got another question here, and this one you must get quite a lot, uh, Shiri, <laughs> is any advice on improving your sleep? Uh, this is a massive one. Um, one of the biggest things that, again, we forget to do, or we, we fall out of the habit, and you know we're not, we haven't got our mums anymore <laughs> for a number of years, but actually giving yourself a regular bedtime and a regular wake time um, and having a beautiful, nourishing morning and evening routine. If we wake up to our alarm and we just get up and go, we're going to be starting our day in that hyper-stress state and that will carry on throughout the rest of the day, making it really hard to wind down and go to sleep in the evening. Um, also, if we're exposed to blue light, our screens quite often, that's going to make it really, really hard to sleep. So if you are someone who does have to work late into the evening, I normally suggest no screen time for at least two hours before bed, like switch to reading a book or maybe even listening to a podcast or doing something that's not going to require you to stare at a screen. Or if you have to, popping on some blue light blocking glasses um, and then making sure for at least half an hour before you sleep, you're doing something to wind down and really switch your mind off. Um, if it's, if it's that kind of wired feeling again, coming back to your breath can be amazing or doing, um, or doing a meditation or something as well can be really powerful 
but magnesium in terms of supplements is probably the best place to start um, if you're looking to improve your sleep as well. So I'd normally recommend magnesium bisglycinate as the form. So B-I-S-G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E. Um, that's an amazing thing. You can start, start taking at nighttime as well. It typically helps with sleep massively too. It's also great to support burnout. Awesome. If there's any other question, you guys are more than welcome to put it in the chat or to unmute yourself. Um, Stephanie's up next. You can, you yes, can thank you. Um, lovely topic. And because I'm medical, I'm a registered nurse and I studied the physiology oh, of the body. So, um, Chris, sorry, this time I do understand what they're talking about. <laughs> Good. Business <laughs> <laughs> people and the, the terminology that, that they talk about is a little bit foreign to me. So, lovely. <laughs> love this talk. And of course, totally agree with you about the body and what the super, super um, machine this is. And I've almost finished the book of Inner Engineering from Sadhguru. And it all tells you, I don't know if you've read it as well, but it's all about looking after your body and your mind and then the soul and the rest. Um, so wonderful. But now my question is that of late, since I am alone now, um, I don't cook and I don't cook. It's not easy to cook for myself. Um, mm -hmm. So I do find that I do take it. I love my breakfast in the morning, which is the cereal with the nuts and the seeds and things and fruits. But um, then I, I easily would go to smoothies. So mm. I do find that I, I would rather take a smoothie, with, which would be the protein fruit smoothie with um, with whatever is in there, the moringa, moringa and all the other stuff. What how, what do you think about that if we do replace our solids with smoothies? The, the only issue with that is that because you're not then chewing, um, it can actually it can actually like stop that production of um, digestive enzymes. It can stop the production of your and uh, keeping your stomach acid at a really good level. It can switch off a lot of your natural of your um, digestive tract. The other thing, and I'm not um, a TCM practitioner, a, Chinese, a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, but, but one thing that they do practice a lot or teach a lot is the coldness of the smoothies. Too much can really um, create a lot of dampness in the body, and we don't want to have a lot of dampness in the body. We want our bodies to be, to be thriving, and actually that will give us a lot more energy. So I normally recommend to my clients if they are going to have smoothies, they stick to having that in the summertime and they have it once a day um, versus if you're going to be relying on them um, for your meals on a regular basis. So yeah, I think so just that, finding easy meals is always the option exactly, when you're cooking for yourself. I, I'm, I'm aware that my body needs to get the, the nutrients in that and that's why the smoothie makes it so easy. But, yeah. you know, I would then I would only have one a day anyway. Um, and my appetite is still okay. I'm not feeling hungry. Um, so my breakfast would be a solid. And then in the evening or the afternoon, it would be fruits or something like that, that I would still do or um, mm. some yogurt with that. But yeah, I, I need to, yeah, I need to make sure that I don't do too much. Don't do too yeah. much. I would Thank just you. say for you um, to be focusing on the protein intake, like your breakfast doesn't sound like it has much protein. It sounds like if you have a smoothie for lunch, you're getting some protein, but fruit and yogurt, there's no protein cereal. There's no protein. And so your blood sugars will be going like this throughout the day and a wave up and down because we're carbs in the morning, carbs again 
um, in the afternoon and then potentially carbs again at dinner, but the protein isn't there to slow down um, that blood sugar spike and that blood sugar release, which is going to then affect your hormones, your mood, your energy levels, your gut health. So I would just be looking at what more protein rich snacks I could be adding into my day. Thank you, Shu. You're welcome. That's a that's an easy one for South Africans. We just add in bolton. Yeah, that's my favorite snack. I always recommend that to people. <laughs> like go on, <laughs> go and snack on some biltong or <laughs> jerky, as we call it over here. <laughs> awesome. And then we've got another one here from Rink. Uh, mm -hmm. Rink, you uh, asked regarding the, the leaky gut you mentioned earlier, as well as the other physical nuisances. What do you think of using um, CDS and DMSO? and ivermectin based on the premises that a lot of our issues are caused by parasites. I'm not sure what um, FCDS and DMSO are at their medications or things like that. I'm, um, yeah, I'm, not I'm also a, not familiar. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a medical to... practitioner, but I have used ivermectin um, before. I normally, again, go down the natural route and will use herbs um, to eradicate parasites. And... I think it depends where you are in the world, like in places like New Zealand and Australia, parasites aren't overly common, but leaky gut is huge. Um, whereas there's places like America where parasites are ridden through and then also in um, a lot of the Asian countries as well, you'll find a lot higher rate of parasites. So it's again looking at the symptoms um, of what the person is presenting with. Often with my clients, I will do a comprehensive microbiome mapping, which is a stool test, fancy way of saying a stool test. Um, and that will test, that's the gold standard of testing. That will test if there are parasites or if there are intestinal overgrowths that we have to treat on top of the leaky gut. And then again, I will go in with uh, dietary changes and herbs predominantly to kill off those parasites or um, intestinal overgrowths versus using medication. That's personally my preference because then it doesn't load up um, our liver. But um, something like ivermectin, I mean, it can be used. Um, like I don't know the other two to be completely transparent, um, but I do know that people can use that as a quicker, more um, succinct way, way of doing it. But when it comes to parasites, you need to be treating them for at least three months uh, because they lay eggs, the babies grow, and you have to kill them at all the adult uh, at all the stages of them getting to adults, and they live for about a month. So it's it's generally wow. a three month process. So if you're just taking ivermectin once, it's probably not going to get rid of the parasites. Wow, I, I didn't know that. Three months that's that's quite intense. Yeah. Um, then I've got another question from Philippe. Mm -hmm. Such an interesting guest we have this week. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding the proteins in smoothies, have you heard uh, that most are inflammatory? And then do you have any suggestions? Yeah, so again, it depends on the type of the protein. So whey protein is probably the one that you've heard that's quite inflammatory. It's, it comes directly from dairy. Um, and dairy can be a very pro-inflammatory food, much like gluten in the body. And so I personally don't recommend whey protein. Um, and again, it's one of those things that you've got to trial and error. I don't like to blanket um, or one size fits all for anyone, but I do recommend more of a collagen-based protein, um, which will often have additional amino acids added to it. If you are someone who's training and working out regularly, so it becomes a complete profile um, to make sure you're getting all nine essential amino acids. Um, or you can go down the plant-based protein route which make making sure you're going down the pea, P 
recipe route because that will make sure that you've got again all nine essential amino acids but that if anything protein should help settle your inflammation rather than drive it up so I'm actually a big fan of adding them to smoothies because a lot of people aren't getting their protein requirements in the day-to-day so it's just again looking at the ingredients are they natural um, or have they loaded with a whole lot of fillers because that can be another reason that um protein powders can be inflammatory they might have artificial flavors or sweeteners or colors um or a lot of them don't actually have in them what they say they do so getting from a reputable brand can be really helpful great i see a rink just um sent a message there saying exactly what the cd (laughs) (laughs) cds stands for Okay, um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I, I have no experience um using either of those, so I can't comment on how effective I think they are. But um, like I said, I did personally just prefer to go down more of the natural route and um use herbs. Yeah. Awesome. If there's no other questions from um, the listeners, you, you guys are more than welcome to check in the chats. I've added Cherie's website. You can go check her out and um, hit her up <laughs> um, so yeah, just just unmute yourself if you've got a question otherwise i'll see you guys next week beautiful thank you for having me and if you do have a question that you didn't feel brave enough to ask in front of the group because i know that's often the way with health my um, private messages are always open so great and we can get that on your website yes yeah your, your email okay great beautiful awesome so thank you Cherie, for joining us this week very informative and i think we all learned quite a lot a lot of big words we need to go google quickly <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks so much for having me chris it was an honor and thank you for all the listeners and to all the, the people joining in live i hope you guys have a great week um night or, or day wherever you are take care cheers everyone bye